Welcome to Caregiver Chats. I'm Dr. Lakeland. Today, I'm going to cover challenging family dynamics and how to navigate them. So stay tuned and we'll get into it. Caregiver Chats is a podcast designed to help those caring for older adults find balance, support, resources, and encouragement. If you're caring for an aging family member or friend, this podcast is for you. I'm your host, Dr. Lakeland. I'm a gerontologist and caregiving advocate for Home Instead, an honor company. I know how busy caregivers are, and I'm so grateful that you're taking time to listen. I also want to hear from you. Please email me your caregiving questions, and I plan to answer them in future episodes. My email is caregiverchats at homeinsteadinc.com. Again, that's caregiverchats at homeinsteadinc.com. Last episode, I talked with Nicole Will, an aging advocate and host of the Will Gather podcast, all about the care continuum and important things for aging adults and caregivers to consider when they're choosing their care options. If you haven't had a chance to listen, I would encourage you to do so. Today, I'm talking about family dynamics and how to best manage them as they relate to caregiving. Perhaps you're a member of the perfect family in which all of the siblings completely agree on how to best care for mom and dad as they age, and who all contribute equally to the caregiving. That sounds ideal, doesn't it? But more than likely, you are a member of a normal family, which has siblings disagreeing over how to best care for mom or dad, uh, who should perform the caregiving tasks, how they should be done. You know, that's more of a normal family. In many families, there is a disproportionate share of the caregiving that falls to just one or two siblings, and this can lead to resentment uh, or a perception that others are not contributing as much as the rest. If you can relate, then I hope you'll find this episode to be helpful. Here's what I plan to cover today. I'll start with the factors that contribute to family dynamics. And then I'll talk about reasons why caregiving-related conflict commonly occurs. Then we'll navigate the outcomes of family conflict and then wrap up with some tips on how families can best navigate that conflict. So let's start by talking about the factors that contribute to family dynamics. Caregiving is a journey filled with complexities, and I've seen it either bring families closer together or sadly pull them apart. Whether your family is considered quote-unquote normal or healthy by society's standards, you can still face challenges. But why is it so difficult to navigate? Well, we're going to explore some of these factors that contribute to these family dynamics. And again, they're so intricate, all of the family dynamics that exist in our lives. First, we have physical distance. In our fast-paced world, adult children often find themselves living far away from their aging parents. A caregiving study found that at least one child lives more than 250 miles away from their aging parent. And the miles that separate them can create a sense of isolation both for the aging loved one and for the, the family members that are trying to provide care. The geographical distance can strain communication and make it challenging to coordinate care efforts. The next factor that we see contributing to this is competing demands. Many adult children today are juggling their careers, raising their own children, and maintaining their households. 
these competing demands can make it incredibly difficult to dedicate time and energy needed to caring for aging parents. So it's not uncommon for people to feel torn between those responsibilities that leads to guilt and frustration and then bleeds over into family conflict. Another hurdle that families face is limited ability or willingness of certain family members to provide support. You know, financial and physical limitations can hinder an individual's ability to assist with the caregiving. And also some family members might not want to take on that caregiving role or may outright refuse to participate. That's really frustrating, isn't it? The reality is typically one adult child, and it's usually the oldest adult daughter, takes on the primary caregiving role. And this can create tension and resentment within the family and potentially can pull them all apart. And then lastly, one of the factors is the makeup of families has changed and evolved over the years, making for some complex family dynamics. We know that divorce is more common, as are later life marriages, which lead to later life blended families. And these changes can add layers of complexity to the caregiving dynamics. You know, decisions about who should provide care and how uh, those responsibilities should be divided becomes even more heated in some of these scenarios where there are children from both sides that maybe never grew up together, but now find themselves related through a second or third marriage. Next, let's peel back the layers and explore why conflict commonly rears its head in family circles. So first, there can sometimes be a history of conflict. You know, family strife could be deeply rooted. You know, it might date back long before these caregiving needs have arised. And for some adult children, The term loved one, I I say that a lot, you know, you're caring for your loved one. That term can be hard because your relationship with that aging family member may have been impacted by negative interactions, abuse, or neglect over the lifetime together of that relationship. And so unresolved conflict or ongoing conflicts can make it incredibly challenging for families to come together and to provide care when it's needed most. Another reason conflict arises can be due to disagreements around the financials. It's really an unfortunate reality that disputes exist over inheritance, property, and financial support. This can easily happen during the caregiving discussions, and money-related matters have a way of overshadowing the primary focus, which is the well-being of that aging family member. Along the same lines of financial decisions, there can be conflict around the care needs and healthcare decisions of the aging family member. Families can go around and around about what they believe is best for the care of their aging loved one. And these dif- disagreements, they can lead to conflict. In some cases, it can even delay or prevent very necessary or important care. And it's so heartbreaking to see those situations when a person really is in need of care, but the the adult children, the family cannot decide. It becomes a battleground for these differing opinions. And then the older adults' needs go unmet. Another source of conflict at times can be mental health issues and cognitive decline. This adds another layer of complexity. 
you know, depression, anxiety, substance abuse, or addiction, it can isolate and push older adults away from their families. In some cases, it becomes increasingly challenging to maintain connections. Also, when cognitive decline is present, uh, issues uh, in the aging uh, with the aging individual can become um, more challenging, especially if they are not able to contribute to decision-making because they lack the capacity to do so, or maybe the cognitive decline has led uh, has progressed to a point where they're not understanding important decisions that need to be made about their care. We also see pride and stubbornness as a source of conflict. It plays a role. Some aging family members cling fiercely to their independence. They resist help and support. And I can kind of see why, you know, their, their independence is being slowly taken away from them. Others might refuse to reach out or to reconcile despite their family's best efforts. And it's this pride and stubbornness that can feel impossible to overcome. But I'm going to share some tips in just a bit that I hope will help. We also see conflict come about because of communication breakdown. This can be a culprit for many family conflicts. You know, misunderstandings can snowball into larger disputes And families sometimes find themselves wondering, what did we start fighting about in the first place? We also see sometimes cultural and generational differences also contributing to the source of tension. These gaps can lead to misunderstandings, strained relationships, and in some cases, we see families, and this happens um, in particularly in the LGBTQ community, they might cut ties or become estranged due to some differences. And then there's the impact of divorce, separation, and remarriage. I talked about this a little bit already, but these life events can fragment relationships, limiting social contact with certain family members, but they can also introduce new individuals into the family dynamic. And this can sometimes either strengthen bonds or create new sources of tension. And one example of this really comes to mind in a couple that I worked with many years ago. This couple had been married for about 10 years, and it was both their second marriages. They were in their late 80s, the wife had developed dementia, and her husband was providing around-the-clock care. The husband's kids brought Homestead in as a way to help support uh, the wife and, and give the husband a few hours to himself on a regular basis. But each of them had their own adult children from the first marriages, and the families really didn't know each other that well. You know, the wife's daughter lived several states away while the son's children lived in town. And the wife's daughter saw her mom cognitively declining and she wanted to move her into a memory care facility near her, wanted to take her out of the home with her husband. And she didn't really care if the husband came along or not, which created a lot of tension because the husband's kids, on the other hand, wanted him to stay put. They didn't want their dad to move. And they were starting to be frustrated that they were having to pay for this extra care that really was the result of the mom's health condition. Oh man, it was a challenging situation to navigate. I wish I had the wisdom I have now back then because I probably could have guided this family uh, in even better ways. But eventually I was able to kind of help mediate the situation and, and help the family come to some sort of agreement. But it's these types of conflicts that can lead to some concerning outcomes. And I want to cover that next. 
But before I do, I want to pause for a quick word from our sponsor. This podcast is brought to you by Home Instead, an honor company. If you find yourself needing extra support as a family caregiver or time away from your caregiving responsibilities, Home Instead can help. Our home care services are delivered by compassionate care professionals and range from personal care, meal preparation, and medication management to Alzheimer's care and hospice support. Visit homeinstead.com to learn more and to find a location near you. We've talked about the challenges and conflicts that can arise among family members, but let's now shift the conversation to the ripple effect of these conflicts. First and foremost, the conflict can result in the needs of the older adult going unmet. You know, when family members cannot find common ground, the care of their loved one is usually the one to suffer. It can cause mental and emotional stress for the aging adult. It might also result in a lack of care, support, or resources. And sometimes it even leads to the unintentional abuse or neglect of the older person. For instance, a debate over moving the older adult to a care community versus keeping them at home could lead to neglect, especially when an adult child living with the parent wants to preserve their own living situation rather than prioritize the needs of their aging loved ones. Resentment is another aftermath of conflict. In many family disputes, one member, again, steps up to provide the majority of the care. And this primary caregiver often faces resentment not only due to the physical and emotional toll, but also from other family members who might underestimate the day-to-day struggles and challenges that they face as a caregiver. You know, picture this. One local caregiver is working tirelessly, handling everything, while a long-distance brother occasionally swoops in for a visit for a few days at a time and says to his sister, you know, dad seems fine to me. The brother doesn't witness, however, the behind-the-scenes challenges. And this leaves that that sister, the caregiver that's there day-to-day feeling underappreciated and inadequate in the eyes of the family. And for the out-of-town caregiver, you know, sometimes I suggest to families, you know, to get a true feel for how things are, that local caregiver should say, yes, please come visit. That will allow me to get away for a few days and you can care for mom or dad and just kind of get a feel for what happens on a day-to-day basis. Often when the primary caregiver does this, their sibling is quickly calling them a few hours into that getaway weekend uh, to say, wow, now I really understand what's going on. I, I, I'm sorry that I underestimated you. Will you please come home? <laughs> so uh, you, you might want to try that if you're finding yourself in that situation. Another outcome is regret and guilt. These emotions can cast long shadows over unresolved family conflict. These disputes can add layers of stress, strain, and tension on an already delicate situation. You know, shattered relationships, regret, and guilt can linger long after the caregiving journey ends and the loved one passes away. So all of these outcomes are really important to acknowledge but I don't want to leave you hanging. So next, we're going to talk through some tips on how to navigate these complex webs of family dynamics. I really hope that these tips can be helpful whether or not you're experiencing conflict because it can maybe help you try to avoid it. 
First and foremost, it's crucial to keep the focus on the aging adult's needs. Amidst a sea of personal conflict and individual issues, the priority should always be what is best for the family member, the aging family member that everyone is trying to take care of. You know, set aside those personal disputes and consider that older person's preferences and opinions. Remember, this journey is about their well-being and comfort. Also, focus on their goals and wishes to help guide decision-making. And this can be used by families as kind of the North Star, something that grounds everyone. It can also be helpful to get buy-in from the aging family member, especially if they're one that's, you know, stubborn or they have a bit of that pride we talked about earlier. If we keep the focus on their goals, for example, if they have the goal of staying at home for as long as possible, then the family can use that goal for presenting various care options. How this might sound is, hey, dad, I know you want to stay at home and we really want to do that for you. You know, what are you willing to do to help make that a reality? You know, the siblings, we've, we've had a chance to talk and, and we can't provide for all that you need throughout the day. Would you be open to having home care a few hours a day so we could help keep you at home longer, home where you want to be? So again, that's just one example of how you can keep the focus on the goal. In this case, the goal is to stay at home. And it also helps the siblings get the support that they need. And maybe just that extra support can help to reduce some of that conflict. The next tip, it seems like an obvious one, but it's so crucial. And that's open communication. It truly is the cornerstone of conflict resolution. We need to encourage open and honest dialogue among family members We want people to be able to share their concerns, their fears, and expectations, and we want them to be able to do that openly without judgment. And we want to listen. Some would argue that you've been given two ears and one mouth for a reason, so be sure that you're listening to everyone. Make sure everyone feels heard. Another tip I often encourage uh, families to engage in is family meetings, And this provides for regular communication. It's a platform for everyone to express those thoughts and feelings. And don't hesitate to seek out the guidance of a third-party individual, like a professional mediator, counselor, or geriatric care manager. It can sometimes be helpful to have someone outside of the family to provide advice and also help to guide the conversation. And sometimes this is better received by other family members. These experts, again, can help to facilitate the conversations that can be difficult and help everyone find some common ground. Another tip is to define roles and responsibilities. Defining roles and responsibilities is a must. Uh, Clarifying each family member's role in caregiving can be so helpful. So these can be things like people's financial contributions, what they're contributing to the daily care responsibilities, Clarifying who's making medical decisions or financial decisions and who's providing emotional support. And what you can do is assess everyone's strengths and what their willingness is to contribute and use that to define some roles. And outlining these roles can sometimes help to reduce misunderstandings and prevent resentment because everyone knows the expectations. Everyone's on the same page. For those out-of-town family members that want to contribute but aren't sure how, uh, you could consider contributing financially to respite care, 
You could take over some of the online duties like shopping, scheduling, bill pay. You could also be that regular emotional support to the primary caregiver. You could call them regularly, send cards, have meals delivered a few times a month. Those expressions of appreciation can go a really long way for that family member that's in it day to day and that primary caregiving role. And while defining roles and responsibilities are important, so is setting boundaries, also very essential, especially for that primary caregiver. Establish clear limits on what you can and cannot do. It's okay to say no when it's necessary to protect your own well-being as a caregiver. You know, boundaries help us maintain healthy relationships within the family. And so some family members, you know, they might need to remove themselves from the situation entirely uh, to reduce or eliminate the conflict that's existing within the family unit. And if this is the case, we still want to make sure it's important that the older adult's needs are being met so that neglect does not occur. And actually, in the next episode of Caregiver Chats, I'm going to be joined by guest Consuela Marshall to talk more in depth about boundary setting and caregiving. It's going to be really good. I hope you'll listen. The next tip that is important in all caregiving situations is to ask for help and utilize external resources. Numerous organizations offer respite care, support groups, and educational resources that can ease the caregiving burden. Don't carry the weight alone. There is support available. Sometimes with certain family members, especially the men, sorry men, um, they need to be told exactly what to do or how they can help. So be direct in your ask. For example, you could say, can you please take mom to the doctor on Monday at 3 p.m.? Or could you please come over this weekend to mow the lawn? It can be more helpful to be direct with the ask and get the support than to say something like, okay, thanks, I'll, I'll let you know. Uh, when someone offers to help. So you can even keep kind of a little short list of things uh, that would be very helpful. So the next time somebody says, how can I help? You can give them a task or a way to contribute. I have a few more tips and the next is flexibility. Understand that circumstances can change rapidly in caregiving. Be open to adjusting your plans as the situation evolves. And this goes back to why communication is so important. Find a way to keep everyone in the loop on these changes and adapt the plan as the older adult's needs change. This next tip can be hard, uh, but try your best to let go of old grievances. When discussing the care of older family members, avoid dredging up past conflicts or unresolved issues. You know, keep the discussion focused on the current situation and the best interest of the aging adult. It might be challenging, but the effort can lead to reconciliation and peace before it's too late. I hear so many caregivers share that when their aging loved one passes away, they're left with a heavy burden of guilt and regret. It's important to remember that time is precious and we're not guaranteed tomorrow. So take this opportunity to try and heal old wounds. Dr. Ira Bach in his book, The Four Things That Matters Most, beautifully sums up what truly matters in the end stages of our lives. He says there's four things. The first is, please forgive me. Second, I forgive you. Third is, I love you. And fourth is, thank you. So again, please forgive me. I forgive you. I love you. And thank you. 
That's what matters most to people in the end of their life. It's so simple, yet so profound. And it emphasizes the importance of resolution and reconciliation before it's too late. And then my final tip is acceptance. And sometimes that is the best way forward. Some conflicts may never get resolved and families may need to agree to disagree. In certain situations, you may have to accept the way things are and find a new normal. And this is not always easy. I want to acknowledge that. But it can lead to more harmonious caregiving journeys. I hope these tips are helpful to you and your family. Remember, it's possible to navigate this challenging journey with love, compassion, and understanding, and ultimately ensuring the best possible care and outcomes for your aging loved one. To wrap up this episode, remember that family dynamics are just part of being in a family unit, and many families that are caring for aging loved ones will likely find themselves in moments of tension and conflict. But try to stay focused on the older adult's needs and the way the family can work together to provide for their quality of life. This might mean researching new solutions or resources or divvying up the caregiving responsibilities. It might also involve bridging gaps, setting aside differences, and healing the bonds that connect us. Each family is unique and there is no one-size-fits-all approach. But know you're not alone. This Caregiver Chats community is here to support you. And I would love to hear from you. Please feel free to share your tips and stories on how you've navigated these challenging family dynamics. You can send me an email at caregiverchats at homeinsteadinc.com. In the next episode of Caregiver Chats, I'm going to dive deeper into this conversation of navigating challenging family dynamics by talking more about setting boundaries. I will be joined by occupational therapist and caregiving coach, Consuela Marshall. She and I will talk all about why it's challenging to set boundaries, but why it can be so powerful. So you won't want to miss this interesting discussion. I also invite you to follow us on Facebook at Home Instead Inc. That's Home Instead I-N-C. There you will find previews of upcoming episodes, caregiving tips, and more. You can find all of the links in today's show notes. Thanks for listening, and please remember to take good care of yourself while you care for others. Caregiver Chats is brought to you by Home Instead. If you're looking for in-home care to support you on your caregiving journey, please visit homeinstead.com caregiverchats to learn more.